In 2004, U.S. Navy pilots encountered multiple fast-moving UFOs off the coast of San Diego, California. And while this story is now widely known due to the government declassifying and releasing videos of this unidentified aerial phenomena, one detail from the USS Nimitz incident has often been overlooked. Eyewitnesses also spotted a UFO under the surface of the ocean. This is Supernatural Matters, a psychic story original, and I'm your host, Nicole Bigley. Every other Wednesday, I'll be sharing an unexplained mystery, leaving you to ultimately decide, natural or supernatural? You can find all episodes of Supernatural Matters for free on your favorite podcast player or at SupernaturalMatters.com. And if you like what you're hearing, reach out on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at A Psychic's Story. Most people know that UFO stands for Unidentified Flying Objects. But have you heard of USOs? A UFO in the water is called a USO, an unidentified submerged object. There is a long history of UFOs being witnessed under, above, or near bodies of water. From a sighting recorded by Christopher Columbus in 1492 to the Yutsubun folklore in Japan, or the highly documented Shag Harbor incident, water seems to play a big role in UFO sightings. But why? Before we take a look at well-documented modern cases of USOs, it's important to look back at history. There are a lot of stories in folklore about things emerging from water. When you take a look at religion and folklore, most will say that the gods come from the sky, but there are plenty that also come from the water. There's Poseidon, Anki the Sumerian water god, the birth of Venus arises out of the ocean, and many more. In 1492, on board the Santa Maria as he was exploring, Christopher Columbus's crew told him that there was an unidentified light that he should take a look at. He later writes in his logbook, at the 10th hour of the night, a luminous hovering object was above the ocean. Most have written it off explaining that he likely saw a shooting star or the moon, but the way he described it in his logbook was that it appeared as if a lit candle rose up and down within the ocean. Yutsubun legend, which translates roughly to hollow ship or hollow boat, took place at the turn of the century in 1803, when a ship of sorts washed ashore on the coast of Japan. As local fishermen approached the vessel, a figure emerged from within, a female who spoke a language that the local Japanese couldn't understand. She was carrying a strange box or device that she refused to be parted with. No one knew who she was, where she came from, what the object was that she arrived in. A history museum in Japan has since released to the public a transcript from the 1803 incident that writes about this event. The story is told alongside artistic interpretations of what the fisherman saw, who said that after the female emerged and she acted very odd, refusing to let go of the box, she then goes back into the craft and out back into the sea it went. Interpretations of this event by historians state that this is nothing more than folklore. They can't prove that it happened, but they also can't prove that it didn't. 
Now let's take a look at well-documented modern cases of USOs. 1973 in Piedmont, Missouri. As a coach and a team of basketball players are returning from a tournament the night of February 21st, they see a silent diamond spin-top-shaped UFO above a field high in the sky. It gets weird when dozens upon dozens of people begin to see the object hovering above Clearwater Lake. But even weirder, it was first seen coming out of the lake itself. Local police chief Gene Bearden said at the time, there's no doubt that something was up there, but we just don't know what it was. One of the many witnesses later told the media, I know it's going to sound crazy, but there's hardly anyone around here who hasn't seen it. 500 people claimed to have experienced this USO. Another well-documented case with a ton of witnesses, sketches, and even Air Force involvement took place in 1965 over multiple states. On the evening of July 31, 1965, a fisherman boating on a lake in Oklahoma City sees an underwater saucer with green light emanating from the water. It slowly starts to emerge and then just zips off into the night. He was in such a state of shock that he was admitted to a nearby hospital. This sparks five days of multiple sightings of waves of flying saucers over states like Kansas, Texas, and Oklahoma. During this time, the U.S. government was well underway with Project Blue Book, investigating UFO sightings and activity, and primarily debunking them. And while the Air Force is quick to dismiss the thousands of people's claims that what they saw was a planet or something more natural, the Associated Press reported at that time that UFOs were actually tracked on radar. Apparently, the Weather Bureau reported several of them at altitudes of 6,000 to 9,000 feet, not millions of miles away as in another planet. Again, the catalyst that triggered multiple sightings from thousands of people started from the water. And taking a look at Project Blue Book's findings, there were 623 cases reported by the U.S. Navy about USOs. From those cases, two pulled from the archives include a sighting on August 4th, 1950, where naval officers saw an unidentified object off the starboard bow. The speed of the elliptical-shaped object was estimated to be going faster than 500 miles per hour. The official Project Blue Book conclusion, unidentified. August 11, 1954. Off the coast of Yorimjima, an island in the Pacific Ocean, witnesses on the SS Dr. Anger see a 100-foot in-diameter disk approach from the northeast. It was an accurate estimate of the size of the UFO because it passed directly over the ship, stopped, and then rose into the sky. Again, the conclusion by Project Blue Book after investigating, unidentified. At the time, the U.S. government had a procedure for reporting airborne and waterborne objects that were either hostile or unidentified. It was called the Merritt Telegraph Procedure. Clearly listed at the top of this procedure are visuals of guided missiles, warships, aircrafts, submarines, and unidentified flying objects in the form of saucer-like shaped disks. If you saw that specific unidentified object, you were to send a detailed report for further investigation. One of the biggest and most famous cases of USOs took place off the coast of Nova Scotia in Shag Harbor, Canada. October 4, 1967, multiple witnesses report an unidentified submerged object descending into the harbor. 
And before people saw and heard it collide into the water, there were other sightings. One was a pilot who caught it on radar at an altitude of 600 feet, who said it was rectangular with a string of lights. There was a family at the same time sitting on their front porch around seven at night. They look up and see the exact type of object flying through the sky. Down in the water, there is a boat captain who saw four unidentified objects about 300 yards offshore. The first person to call and report the experiences at Shag Harbor was Lori Wilkins. He claims that there were four lights all in a row that then suddenly turned vertically and went into the water. Afraid that a plane had crashed, he called into the local authorities who upon investigating didn't find anything else that would indicate an accident. The official report stated that they found absolutely no clues, no trace of anything. It's crazy. An object is discovered and tracked in the air. The size is estimated. It's seen crashing into the water. And if the laws of gravity work the way we've been taught, there would be something discovered in the lake. The Royal Canadian Mountain Police do acknowledge in a report that the Navy will do exercises and conduct tests from time to time. But a captain who witnessed the object at the time filed the report and stated that he had never seen anything like it. And in his words, quote, it spiraled down into the water, crashing, swirled around, and then rose back up, taking off into the night, end quote. At the bottom of the report by the Royal Canadian Mountain Police, the captain is noted as a reliable type of individual who bears a good reputation in his community. The officials, the police, the community, they all feel like he is a legit witness. This brings us to the USS Nimitz. It's described as one of the most baffling USO sightings of the 21st century. We go back 16 years to November 14, 2004. The USS Nimitz carrier strike group was out in the Pacific Ocean, about 100 miles southwest of San Diego, California. They were also joined by a nuclear-powdered carrier and the missile cruiser USS Princeton. The crew were carrying out a series of fire drills before being deployed in the Persian Gulf. At around 2 o'clock in the afternoon, two F-A-18F Super Hornet fighter jets from the Nimitz received an unusual order from an operations officer aboard the Princeton. Pilots were told to stop their training maneuvers even though they were already in the sky. They were asked to go to the new coordinates for a real-world task. The officer giving the instructions also asked if they were carrying live weapons, which was very unusual. They told the officer that they weren't. The Princeton's highly advanced radar had already been picking up mysterious objects for several days by then. The Navy called them anomalous aerial vehicles or AAVs. The military preferred this term over UFOs, which was associated with flying saucers and little green men. The Princeton senior radar operator, Kevin Day, said that his screen showed well over 100 AAVs over the course of the week. He said that they appeared at an altitude greater than 80,000 feet. That's far higher than commercial or military jets typically fly. The team thought it was a fault in their equipment, but after they determined that everything was running as it should, and they began detecting instances in which the AAVs dropped with astounding speed to a lower, busier airspace, Day approached the Princeton's commander about taking action. Two fighters were sent to intercept one of the strange objects, but when they first got there, they didn't see any flying objects. Nothing in the sky, at all. But what they did see was the water churning, with white waves breaking over what looked like a large object just under the surface. 
Then they noticed one of the objects flying about 50 feet above the water. The lead pilot, Commander David Fravor, described it as about 40 feet long, shaped like a Tic Tac candy, and with no obvious means to get it to float. Quote, It's white, it has no wings, it has no rotors. I go, holy shit, what is that? End quote. Another Navy pilot who served as Fravor's wingman in the air that day gave an account very similar to his. She remembered being terrified, watching as the more experienced pilot tried to intercept the strange craft. She said it was so unpredictable, high G, rapid velocity, rapid acceleration. So you're wondering, how can I possibly fight this? The object disappeared after it caught his attention. The story of the Nimitz didn't become widely known to the public until just three years ago, when the New York Times ran an article about the sighting and released a video of the Tic Tac shot by the Nimitz pilot that day. Little effort was made to investigate what happened back in 2004, but the Navy seems to be taking it more seriously now. In late April of last year, 2019, they announced that they were drafting new guidelines for reporting any sightings of unidentified aircraft. They hoped it would destigmatize such reports and make it easier for service members to come forward with less fear of being ridiculed. But what do you think? Do you think this truly was a case of a USO or is the explanation a bit more straightforward? You'd think it'd be hard to doubt the accounts of Fravor. He was the commander of the elite Black Aces Squadron who was a Top Gun program graduate with more than 16 years of flying experience. His wing woman or wing man is now a high ranking Navy officer, although she was a rookie pilot back in the event at the Nimitz. Some have said that the crafts were just advanced reconnaissance drones and that the churning water was caused by a submarine. But the Pentagon has now released three short videos showing unidentified aerial phenomena. These videos, called Gimbal, Go Fast, and FLIR, F-L-I-R, show encounters from Nimitz and USS Theodore Roosevelt. They show what appear to be UFOs moving rapidly while being recorded by infrared cameras. These videos had already been released by a private company, but the Pentagon officially released them to clear up any misconceptions by the public on whether or not the footage that has been circulating was real, whether or not there were more to the videos themselves. These videos were first released between December 2017 and March 2018 by To The Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences, a company co-founded by former Blink-182 musician Tom DeLonge. Some people have said that these encounters could have a more simple explanation. Some have put it down to a malfunction in software, a common aircraft or an aerial device. Writer Matthew Galt says that these events reflect the same pattern that's played out dozens of times before. Someone sees something strange in the sky and the public jumps to an illogical conclusion. In 2017, CNN interviewed David Fravor, one of the pilots who was a witness to the events in Nimitz. And I quote, he told them that it moved in ways he couldn't explain, saying that as he got close to it, it rapidly accelerated to the south and then disappeared in less than two seconds. But whatever happened in Nimitz, it's hard to argue against the fact that the pilots, the radar operators, and the infrared camera that picked up the image of the tic-tac-shaped object had seen something. Fravor also appeared on the Joe Rogan Experience podcast where he discussed a spooky new sighting a fellow pilot revealed to him after they were both out of the Navy. He had worked aboard the MH-53E Sea Dragon based at Naval Station Roosevelt Roads on the island of Puerto Rico. 
He said he spotted weird underwater objects twice. The first time the pilot saw a dark mass underwater that was kind of circular, as he had described it. In the second incident, a practice torpedo that the pilot was sent to recover was sucked down into the depths of the ocean in the presence of a similar underwater object. The torpedo was never seen again. Fravor also talks about the time a 79-year-old woman contacted him after his own experience of Nimitz went public. She said how her father, a naval officer, had shown her a telegram that stated that unidentified objects had been sighted going in and out of the water at a now-forgotten set of latitude and longitude coordinates. It's unclear what all these experiences of USOs could actually be. Is it pure imagination, malfunctions with equipment, a secret government craft, or could it be the work of extraterrestrials? One thing that does remain clear in all of these cases is that it won't be solved anytime soon. More than 80% of the Earth's ocean is unmapped, unobserved, and unexplored. It covers more than 70% of the planet's surface, driving weather, regulating temperature, and also supporting all living organisms. Efforts are being made to explore and learn more about the ocean, but it will be a very long time until researchers even start to scratch the surface of what lies beneath. Thank you for listening to this episode of Supernatural Matters. So what do you think? Could these accounts be real evidence of USOs? And if so, why is water seem to be such a key element in these sightings? Or does the concept of little green men in tic-tac-shaped crafts still seem a bit too far-fetched? Check out the photos and other evidence at supernaturalmatters.com and head over to A Psychic Story on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter to give us your thoughts. And remember, you can also leave us a voicemail at 1-800-880-1881. I'll be back in two weeks with another episode. You can find all episodes of Supernatural Matters for free on your favorite podcast player. Supernatural Matters.